When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's October 22nd, 2021, and you are invited to join me and two of my very dearest friends and my very longtime co-hosts, Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer are both here today. We have a fun conversation planned for you guys. We're going to be answering some interesting questions. Things like, what are you trying to get good at right now? Who are you missing? Do you like your name? And quite a few more. I know you guys are going to love this discussion, and I know it will help to kickstart some awesome conversations with the people in your life. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. We are so glad that you have found your way to the most amazing community of women on this planet. You can find our community online, and if you are really enjoying what you're hearing today on Sorta Awesome, we would love to have you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And hey, if you really love the show, go ahead and drop us a five-star rating and review while you're at it, because believe it or not, those really do help people to find Sorta Awesome. And if you want to get in on all the perks of being part of our Superstar Awesome community, come check out what we have going on over on Patreon. We've got bonus episodes, tons that you could download and binge right now. We've got ad-free episodes. We will hook you up with our digits so you can send us a text as you're listening or anytime, honestly. We have so much good stuff for our superstars over at patreon.com slash sorta awesome. So Kelly and Rebecca are both here. We're going to do a little group show for you guys. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to see you too. You look so nice. Maybe it's because we took Thank that picture you. before the show. <laughs> yes. And that was actually Rebecca's idea. So hi, Rebecca. Hi. How is everybody? I am so excited that we all three get to get together and have this conversation. This idea actually came from Kelly. You were listening to a podcast episode from Kelly Corrigan earlier this year. She released a new book. You may be familiar with Kelly Corrigan. She is an author and a podcast host, kind of media personality. And on her podcast, she was talking with her friend, Jen Hatmaker, who you also may be familiar with. And they were talking about the release of Kelly's new book, Kelly Corrigan's new book, Hello World. And they asked each other these series of really fun questions from Kelly's book. And so you, Kelly Gordon, mm -hmm. thought this might be fun to do for an episode for Sorta Awesome. I'm so glad you thought yeah, of that. I mean, it's just a really good list of questions to talk to people about. So what I like about this, that we get to have this fun group show right now, 
And you, awesome, who are listening, you are part of our conversation. We'll, of course, continue this in the Hangout group. But you can also take these questions into your real world, to your non-podcast friend world, and say, hey, this is just a great conversation starter. It could be great with your spouse or with your partner, too. If you're like, you know, here's Mm -hmm. a question that I haven't thought to ask before. So it's just a fun way to get people talking and to get to know the people that you already maybe know a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. And these came from a children's book. You could even ask your kids some of these questions, too. So fun. So we have a whole list of questions we're going to get to here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, something that is bringing a little extra sparkle to life. Rebecca, let's start with you. What's awesome in your life this week, my friend? Well, I am loving a game that I have been playing with my family. We've owned it for a few years, but only just started playing it this past summer. And it is called Quirkle. It is so much fun. Kelly, are you a fan of this game? I am such a fan of this game. In fact, I may have talked about it on the podcast one time a very long time ago. But I love this game, Rebecca. And we are kind of the same way. We got it, didn't play it for a while. And then all of a sudden we started playing it. We're like, oh, this is so easy. And we were kind of obsessed for a long time. Yeah, oh, I would fun. say I would say our family is currently in that obsessed phase and we're having a lot of fun with it. It's a very visual game. So it's going to be a little hard for me to describe to you exactly how it works. But the idea is that everybody has tiles that you build off of similar in a way that when you play Scrabble, everybody kind of takes a turn laying down certain tiles, and then you kind of build off of what other people play. But instead of building words, you're laying down tiles that are different colors and different shapes. The tiles come in six different colors and six different shapes, and you build a sequence of tiles by lining up ones that are maybe all the same color, but they come in different shapes. So like a purple circle and a purple square, a purple star, Or you line up tiles that are all the same shape, but in different colors, like a red square, a blue square, and a green square, and so on. And then players get points based off of how many tiles are in the sequence that they lay down. And at the end of the game, the winner is the person with the most points at the end. So it's hard to describe such a visual game in audio. But I think the key here, the thing that I want you to remember the most, is the reason why I really like this game is it isn't super competitive. Yep. You know, Sometimes when you're playing games, you kind of switch between playing offense or defense, depending on your strategy a little bit. And that doesn't happen really with Quirkle. So nobody's feelings are getting hurt. You're not really sabotaging anybody else's play. It's not cutthroat. You just have your tiles and you're just looking at the board and trying to figure out the best place to put down your tiles to get the most points. So the game says that it's for ages six plus, and I think that's probably accurate. We have a four-year-old in our house, Isaac, and I would say he's too young to play for sure. I've been playing with my 12-year-old and my nine-year-old. It also says that it's for players two to four at a time, but I will say that we've played with more players. It Mm -hmm. just means that the game maybe just kind of goes a little bit faster if you have maybe five or six players, but you can still do that. So it's a lot of fun. It's like a fun visual game. It's kind of relaxing. Again, it's called Quirkle, and I would highly recommend it. Yeah. I like it for those same reasons, Rebecca. I like, too, that it's very, very simple to understand. We don't even, when we first start playing, keep points. 
we just kind of note when you get what's called a quirkle, which is when you finish a sequence of six, either six colors or six shapes, that's supposed to give you the most points if you're keeping points. But lots of times we're just playing as we eat breakfast or something and no one wants to do the math at that point. And so we're just having fun with each other. It's a game that's very collaborative instead of competitive, like you said, and it's really easy to understand. So if somebody new comes over, there's a new friend or grandparents, you know, it's very quick to pick up and you can keep the points or you don't have to. And you could also, we just play until like the tiles that you draw from, it's kind of like dominoes too, right? When you play a tile, you draw a new tile from the remaining ones. Once we run out of tiles, we're like, we're done. In fact, we've made it, our goal is just to try to play all the tiles so that when we get to the end, we're Mm -hmm. like, that's our goal. And then we're done. And breakfast is done and we go on with our day. And I live with a family, especially the younger kids, but really all of our kids love to play games and are super competitive. And it's like smack talk is what they do (laughs) the whole game. So like all the other games they play, they're just like, oh, owned in your face. You know, it's like this thing and I don't love it. But my husband, like like it's, yeah. Sounds like my husband. Yes, I was going to say, it's a very Corey thing. And he has played games with the kids and he's the more consistent game player in our family. But I'm always up for playing Quirkle. So when they say, mom, will you play a game with us? And with dad, lots of times, because the three of them, almost every Saturday morning, they have game time before Corey goes out and starts working the yard or whatever. Quirkle is an easy one where I'm like, I'll play Quirkle or Uno, something that's a not going to be Monopoly or Life, which seems to take its own lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Or games that are complicated where I'm like, I don't remember how to play. Like, what am I doing? So Quirkle is just so easily accessible and it just comes with tiles. Mine came in a bag. It came in a box, but it also comes Mm -hmm. in a bag. So it's also easy to pack. We bring it on a lot of family trips. Yeah, we can slide in somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So fun. Oh, that's a great one to have on hand too, as we're going into holiday gathering season, just to be able to give people something to do. So, so great. Thank you, Rebecca. Kelly, what do you have for us this week? Okay. I have something that is not brand new, but I have just rediscovered it. And most importantly, my kids have rediscovered it. It is Chobani Flip Yogurt. Are you Mm. guys like familiar with the Chobani Flip line? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we love those. Chobani is, for the uninitiated, a Greek yogurt. So it is a thicker yogurt. But then they have this thing that they made called Flips, which are a yogurt container that also comes with a separate little container of mix-ins. So it's something crunchy. And really, you guys, I have never been a huge, huge, huge yogurt person Because I think, looking back, A, the tang always turned me off a little bit, but B, I really just want something to crunch at the same time. Like the texture of just a straight pudding, ah, it's not my favorite. I want something in it. So when people said, oh, you could put granola in your yogurt, like then I was like, oh, well, now I'm interested. So Chobani Flip is doing that for you. The reason that I rediscovered them is that this summer, Costco started carrying this huge, of course, it's Costco, (laughs) it's got to be huge. Flip family variety pack. And so I saw those one week and I thought, huh, why not give those a try again? I have a few kids who love yogurt, including my 13-year-old who, bless it, is lactose intolerant. So she has to take pills with it if she's going to have regular yogurt like this versus the coconut milk yogurt. But it has Mm -hmm. four flavors in it. It has cookies and cream. It has an Oreo topping. It's like a vanilla one. It has a strawberry cheesecake. So it's a strawberry yogurt with a graham cracker crumble topping. It has a key lime, which my kids don't like, but... I love that is a lime Mm -hmm. yogurt and it comes with again graham cracker crumbles little chips of like white chocolate and then it's a more 
yogurt. Sound amazing. <laughs> so that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they're really good. They're yes. dessert, really. Like this is what I'm here to say. Is this a healthy option? No. Because <laughs> it has so much sugar. So much sugar. Packed with sugar, yes. They're almost 200 calories each for most of them. So it's not a low yeah. calorie food. However, what I'm saying is that it is like an in-between, right? When your kids come home from school and they're like, give me ice cream or give me cookies or I want to go. Good night, you guys. We had homecoming just recently here and the homecoming parade has just become a complete candy fest. Like candies just being thrown at my son. Mm -hmm. And so we end up with like a Halloween style haul of candy. So right now my kids are coming home and they're like, give us candy. So to say, hey, yes. how about a Chobani flip, which A, is going to have a lot more protein because of the Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Still going to have the mm-hmm. sugar. It's absolutely going to hit that sweet craving, maybe calm yeah. them down a little bit from the candy sugar rush. It's just a great option. So those are the flavors that came in the family flip pack. But you guys, if you just go to a regular grocery store and don't need to be constrained that way, you just want to buy the singles, there are so many good flavors. Now, My kids didn't like the key lime pie. That's like my part of the pack now that they are Mm -hmm. like, here you go, mom. We're going to eat all this more, the cookies and cream, strawberry, but here's that one. But I've also started just for fun to buy them at the regular grocery store because you can get other flavors. So they have a Boston Mm -hmm. cream pie, Mm -hmm. a vanilla yogurt that has a chocolate crunch with even little pieces of cake in it. It's an almond coco loco. So that's a coconut with almonds and chocolate. They have a cookie dough with vanilla yogurt with little cookie, those like little cookie dough pieces that they have at a lot of places where you get yogurt that you can put in. Mm -hmm. They have a peanut butter and chocolate. They have a mint chocolate chip. Isn't it ridiculous? You've crossed the line from like helpful information to torturous. Like I I literally just finished lunch, but now I'm like really craving. Now you're starving. I should have brought samples. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so they even have on their website i have not seen this in the wild but they have a pumpkin harvest crisp so it's like a pumpkin it has Hmm. icing chunks it says cinnamon frosted cookies that you put in it so again not healthy but a great alternative so i'm just bringing it up if you have never tried chobani flips i recommend them (laughs) my kids would recommend them if you have forgotten about them like me maybe you had them at one point there's so many new flavors and maybe your kids are at a different stage and age where they would think it's really fun. So it's yes. not a health food, not a low calorie food, but a good food. Definitely. Definitely. I love those. I have never gotten them in the big variety pack, but I've gotten them as singles at the store. That key lime pie is my favorite too. It's so yummy. So it is so great. Okay. My awesome of the week, first of all, is a little tiny bonus one. It's really boring, but I am so thankful that Topo Chico is back in stores. You know, you guys, there was an actual Topo Chico shortage yes. going on that almost ruined my life. <laughs> it almost did. Like that was the thing yes, that was going to bring it down after yeah, that was it. a global pandemic, <laughs> yep. the Topo Chico yes. shortage. Yes. I was walking the line of I'm about to lose everything, but it's back in stores. Speaking of Costco, I did find two, they had a bunch of big boxes of the big glass bottles in. So I got those. I was like, there's no sign saying limit to anything. (laughs) Do you have a whole cart? I was like, should I? I thought about it. And I was like, should I go back and like find a flatbed or something? Should I get five boxes? I didn't. How many did you get? I was a responsible human. I got two boxes. Of the big boxes of them, but... I think that's okay. Get more. Yeah. You don't even need to be worried about that. Absolution. 
<laughs> Thank you. So that's my mini awesome of the week. I'm so glad it's back. My real awesome of the week, you guys, as you two know, TikTok is a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually... For the three of us, it's the source of almost all of our texting that we do now, (laughs) just sending each other TikToks back and forth. It's a lot of things, and it's a way to discover a lot of great things. I mean, yes, there's lots of entertainment on there. Yes, there's lots of crazy stuff on there. But I have actually found so many great suggestions and stuff on TikTok. But this one is, this is the first time I have found something awesome that was actually a TikTok trend. And the TikTok trend that started this summer has to do with the 2007 Mika song, Grace Kelly. So people took that song that came out in 2007, somehow resurfaced. That's another joy of TikTok. The people of TikTok are so great about going back in time and finding these things and took the first part of the chorus of this song, Grace Kelly, and broke it out into these layered melody things. The song that goes, I could be brown, I could be blue, That's the one. But that song is so catchy. I have found myself since August humming it. Last month, it really became quite viral when Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell did a TikTok of them singing it. I could be blue, I could be violet sky. I could be hurtful, I could be purple, I could be anything you like. I could be brown, I could be blue, I could be violet sky. I could be hurtful, I could be purple, I could be anything you like. I could be brown, I could be blue, I could be violet sky, I could be hurtful, I could be purple, I could be anything you like. I could be brown, I could be blue, I could be But you guys, I didn't know this song before TikTok, even though it came out in 2007. I didn't know who Mika was. I did not know this song. I feel like by the looks on your faces, maybe also you didn't know. No, no, I didn't know. No, like were we supposed to? Is this a character defect? I don't know. Okay, here's my excuse for it. Because apparently this was like a whole worldwide song that was really popular. My excuse is in 2007, I had a baby. It was my second child and I was deep in the throes of little kid parenting. But I am obsessed with Mika now. I have gone back and listened to so much of his music, going back all the way to that album that came out in 2007 and really... I am absolutely in love with his songwriting and you can trace his whole journey from that album that came out in 2007 is very pop, very over the top, very extra. And he just came out with an album back in 2019. And it's a lot more like he took a lot of time off to really kind of find himself, remember who he is as an artist. It's called My Name is Michael Holbrook, which is his actual given name, not Mika. And uh, it's just so good. There's really fun, dancey pop songs on there, but there's also really heartfelt ballads on there as well. I'm obsessed with it. I've been listening to it nonstop. And I'm like, thank you, TikTok, for helping educate me on this missing piece of pop culture and music that I had no idea about and I wouldn't have except for this crazy TikTok trend. So yes. I've been it is it. super, super catchy. It's such an earwormy sort of thing. Don't you feel like you need other people in your household, though, to sing the harmony with you? Because that's yeah, part exactly. of it. So exactly. you have to have enough people in your household <laughs> that are also TikTok obsessed so they can be like, okay, so I'll sing the second line. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise, exactly. it's like you exactly. trying to sing them all in your head, split personalities. Right. It's hard. 
It is. It's yeah. Well, we have enough people here. Let's all learn apart. <laughs> Let's all learn part of this and we'll stack it ourselves. Anyway, I'm going to link to some Mika stuff and especially to his 2019 album. My name is Michael Holbrook because it's just, uh, I just want everyone to enjoy the amazing artistry that he has. He started singing when he was eight. And by the time he was nine or 10, he was singing with the Royal Opera in London. He's a truly classically trained singer. And you can hear it even in Grace Kelly, which the range that he has in that song is incredible. So anyway, I love him and I'm obsessed and I am so thankful for TikTok. So all right, those are our awesomes of the week this week. We will put links in the show notes for all of this. Of course, we want to hear what's awesome in your life. Come and find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We talk about awesome of the week over there and all kinds of awesome things. And then come and join us in our Facebook group. This is the heart of our community, over 5,000 women who are just showing up for each other every day with all kinds of support, encouragement, and camaraderie, and talking about awesomes on Friday, awesomes of the week. And so we are at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout on Facebook. All right, Kelly and Rebecca, I am so excited to hear your answers to some of these really fun and also introspective questions. And we're going to get to that when we come right back. Hey friends, did you know that just four companies control 80% of the U.S. meat industry? That's because big food crushes little farms, but you can help change that with moinkbox.com. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon directly to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink meat is free from antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find pre-packed packaged in the meat aisle. Sign up at moinkbox.com slash awesome to get a year of bacon for free and then pick what meats you want delivered in your first box. Change what you get each month and cancel anytime. We are big meat eaters here in our household. We have tried meat from every store, but no meat we have ever cooked and prepared for our family has ever even come close to the quality we have gotten from Moinkbox. Moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. And every person I know who has tried Moink Box's bacon agrees it's the best bacon we've ever tasted. I love Moink Box and I know your family will love it too. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash awesome right now. And you awesomes are going to get free bacon for a year. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but it's only for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash awesome. That's moinkbox.com slash awesome. Awesome says there is one thing that we have learned in the past year and a half. It is how truly precious it is to feel comfortable all day, no matter what life throws at you. We put our bodies through so much. We push them to the limits for sports, for our families, for fashion, or for just plain fun. And when you think about it, it's pretty incredible that our bodies can keep up with all of that. Well, Third Love believes every body is amazing and deserves to be treated that way. That's why they design underwear, loungewear, activewear, and feel good all day wear 
that hugs you better, holds stronger, and supports longer. Third Love makes it so easy to find what is going to fit your body perfectly. I've worn so many different brands of bras in my life, but nothing has compared to the fitting room quiz experience that Third Love offers. They ask me questions about my breast, breast size, breast shape, the fit of my bras that nobody had ever asked me before. So it's no wonder that you get an incredibly fitting bra that is going to feel good all day long. The fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size and you awesome it could be next something else i super love about third love is that their bras are available in exclusive half cups because we're not all made the same we don't all have the same shape we need those half cups to find that perfect fit their underwear their loungewear and their activewear is all available in sizes extra small through 3x you guys feeling is bleeding so upgrade today to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do right now you can get 20 percent off of your first order at thirdlove.com slash awesome. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash awesome. Okay, we are back. And like I said, at the top of the show, we were inspired by Kelly Corrigan and her children's book, Hello World with some of these questions. So for sure, we will put a link in the show notes for that book. You guys can go check it out. And we just want to make sure we give a big nod to her for coming up with these questions because they're really fun. I am very interested to hear the answers to this first question. What are you trying to get good at? Rebecca, let's start with you. What are you trying to get good at these days? Okay, well, I have to admit that my first instinct when I saw this question was nothing. Nothing. I am in survival <laughs> mode. Uh, fair. <laughs> that is very fair, yes. The bar is on the floor. It's just the bare minimum over here. <laughs> Do not ask me to improve my life. I'm just trying to get through my life. <laughs> that is relatable. Hashtag relatable, yes. I made the mistake of asking Nate, my husband, if he had any ideas for me. And he said, well, how long is the show? And I said, wait, <gasps> what? <laughs> I said, Nate, it's a list of things that I'm trying to get good at, not a list of things I should be trying to get good at. Like, are you like, are you dragging me right now? All these things that you think I should improve? Nate Hopper, oh my goodness, you are in the doghouse. <laughs> but then once I thought about it a little bit more, I do think that I have something that I really have been trying to be better about. And I would say it is body positivity and feeling confident in my skin. I Good. stretched myself this summer in buying some swimsuits that kind of went outside my comfort zone for a variety of reasons. But a big one is that, you know, for the very first time this summer, I bought swimsuits that were like the high-waisted bikini style. You know, mm -hmm. like I've done two yeah. pieces in the past, but they were always more like a tankini style with sure. know, like zero abdomen skin showing at all well I yeah, get yeah. my toe some into this world of a two-piece that shows maybe a little bit of midriff skin some swimwear that was a little bit more revealing on top with a little bit of cleavage and kind of just deciding listen this is my body and it is okay it does not need to be scandalous it just is what it is and yes. I'm beautiful and confident and I'm just going to rock it. So I will put some swimsuits in the show notes that I was playing around with this summer. But that's one thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to just in general speak kindly about my body. I look back on times in high school and college when I was more critical. And then I'm like, well, my body has changed like so much since mm -hmm. then. <laughs> 
And how is it going to be in another 10, 20 years? You know, I'm going to look back at when I was 39 and think, oh, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. you should have loved yourself more then. So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. Just trying to love myself, embrace myself and not be so scared thinking I need to be covered up all the time. I love that. I love it. That is so great. And I really feel like that you have really from noticing your social media and the way that you interact with our awesome community and our Facebook group, I feel like you've really been leading in that. You've really Mm -hmm. been not only modeling it yourself, but encouraging people along the way in being gentle and being positive with themselves. So I've really noticed that too. So that's such a great one. Yeah. That is really good. All right. Kelly, what are you trying to get good at these days? And it's okay if you also like Rebecca are like, you know what? Survival. How about Survival. That? Yes. <laughs> well, it's okay. I think that I have entered a stage after just the survival where I'm like, I'm starting to see some things. And I think that this might be, I'd be curious, Rebecca, as you grow, as we mature, as we change in life, we start to look at around and we're like, well, wait a minute. I didn't really realize that this was a way that I was living. Maybe when you were in your 20s, you wouldn't have recognized that you were self-talking about your mm. body in a way that now you'd be like, girl, why are you talking to yourself that way? Like you didn't have the perspective or the context that we grow into. Yes. And then we say, oh, that doesn't serve me anymore. Or I didn't have the ability to recognize that that was harmful before, but now I can. So that's what my thing that I'm trying to get good at goes along with. It is that I'm trying to get better at owning what I can control and acknowledging what I can't. Yeah. Which honestly, you guys, I really like control. So I hate this so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this goes hard for me. It goes along with the fact that my kids are getting older and older. So when they were younger, I could control a lot more. I could control a lot more about my family life. I could control things about my home. I could control even to some degree. It felt like I could control how they felt. I mean, I knew I wasn't, but at the same time, I could manipulate the surroundings enough that I could kind of steer them in a way. And of course, yeah, you know, like my personality, there's a lot of things that made that important to me. So the older they get, the more I'm like, wow, I am actually still trying to kind of control too much or I'm trying to own too much that I actually Mm. can't change. It was never mine to change. And so I need to start to untether from some of this Mm. stuff that like when they're little, it's more appropriate for you to be in there more and tethered a little bit more. And as they grow, you need to let that go. And I had not been able to see that directly as much as I have the last couple of years. So yeah, I have a therapist that I've been talking to sometime earlier in 2021. It might've been winter when we started. And that's one of the things that she and I have been talking about, just helping me to recognize where I am frustrated about something or I'm sad about something and that's fine. But letting go of the fact that I cannot control the outcomes of the decisions that my kids make. I don't get to control them having a bad day. My joke, but it's not really a joke, is that when they were little, they came home from school and were like, school sucked today. I could say, let's go get some ice cream and tell me about it. And then 20 minutes later, they'd be fine. And I'm like, we've gotten through those bad feelings. And that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Because they have bigger feelings or it's circumstances that I can't control or whatever. And they're making decisions the older they get that maybe wouldn't be the decisions that I would make, you know, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. why don't you think about this? And they're like, I don't want to do that. Which I'm like, essentially, then you're saying you want to be miserable. And that makes me miserable (laughs) because I'm your mom. And I don't want you to be miserable because then I'm miserable. So I need you to be happy so I can be happy. 
that's yeah, not a I fair equation. That. I feel <laughs> yeah. like that's pretty, pretty Hello, clear. <laughs> I'm your mom. This is what happens. <laughs> All about me. But at the same time, like recognizing that, yes, I am always going to love them. So I care. You know, I'm sad when they're sad. I'm sad when they're miserable. Yeah. I'm frustrated when I'm like, you know, seeming to say, I feel like you could do more about this situation. <laughs> But at the same time, yeah. I don't control yeah. them. They get to have agency. They make their own decisions. They're going to learn on their own time frame. They get to grow in their own way. So I have to be able to untether myself more from them and be a little bit more removed, which is hard for me in the sense of saying, that sucks. I'm sorry. And just walk away. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. not try to control them, not try to make it better, not come along and say, I could fix this for you. Because that is what we do when they're four. I'm supposed yeah. to fix it for you. But the older they get, the more that's not our role and it changes. They have to have their own agency and it's hard, but it's good. And so I feel like now that I'm starting to recognize it and I can see it cropping up in all sorts of places, it is one of those things I'm trying to say, okay, here's a situation. What is mine that is appropriate and what is not? And then how do I leave it? It's hard, but it's good. It is. It is. I get that so much, especially having kids in an variety of age ranges like we do from 16 to two it is like the contrast yes in a lot of ways two-year-olds are a lot easier than 16 year olds okay (laughs) but in a lot of ways you know 16 year olds are a lot more fun too so yeah I get it I really I understand that for me something that I am trying to get good at is making time for me which you know that's something that I feel like I've kind of gone in and out of through the years, this year with homeschooling our eight-year-old twins, that's really hard. And I am finding that my schedule during the day is so cram-packed from the time kids start opening their eyes until I'm falling asleep trying to watch a show or read a book at night. I was just noticing I have no time to even just be myself And so to do something that I want to do, however simple it might be. So Rebecca, do you remember when we were talking about our ideal selves versus our realistic reality selves? Mm -hmm. I talked about how I always think ideally I'm going to be an early morning, get up early person. And then over time that hadn't been the case. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to actually make that be my reality because there's no other pocket of time in here when I can spend time just with myself, make time for myself. So I'm sort of revising what I said on that episode to say, I've been actually getting up early, usually by five every morning, making a cup of coffee, reading, meditating. I know I have said this so many times in the past year or so, but taking up an actual meditation practice where I have these guided meditations that I like to do, or just even spending time just listening to some meditative music. You guys, it has actually changed my life. It really has. And when I fall out of that routine, I feel it in every part of my life. And so getting up early to do those things, to just have some peace and quiet and kind of center before the day starts, making that time for myself and also acknowledging when my energy is high during the day and when I'm really low energy. And, you know, as an Enneagram 9 The struggle with being low energy oriented is so real that I know myself well enough to know at this point in my life that I have a lot of energy when I very first wake up, caffeine fueled for sure, but also (laughs) just like before everybody's needs be, you know, an Enneagram 9, an obliger, 
an ENFP who's very connected to all the feels around me, before any of that static starts to overtake my nervous system, oh my gosh, I am really getting good at making that time for myself every morning. And it's like, I want to get out of bed that early because I know this is it. This is my time. And it's really fun to get up and do that. So it's fantastic, Meg. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it continues. <laughs> well, but you're making yourself a priority. And I think it's actually a very yeah. sort of awesome kind of message to say, we yes. can't just always be taking care of other people. We have to put our own oxygen yeah. mask on first. It yeah. has to be something that we don't say, well, I'll get to it in a few years. Even in right. those little moments, like where can you find a half an hour? Where can you find 20 minutes to make sure that you're doing something that nourishes your own body, soul, mm-hmm. and mind? Yes. Absolutely. That's right. So practicing what I preach is something else that I'm trying to get good at. All right. Next question is just a fun, quick one. What is a sound that makes you laugh? All right, Kelly, let's hear from you. What's a sound that makes you laugh? Always other people laughing, especially oh, babies. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say that yeah. my kids have learned that if they want to show me a TikTok and have me respond, the ones of babies laughing, I'm like, yes, I cannot yes, heart yes. that fast enough to save it. <laughs> For other days, and I will watch it and watch it and watch it. That little baby laughter, it just, oh yes. it not only makes me laugh, like my whole face splits from smiling so hard, but it makes me yep. joyful. It's so pure and innocent, Yes, but anybody laughing, like if there is, I'm back in an office building for most of my workday again, and it's still very empty, which is a bummer as an extrovert. It's just, most people are not there. We're still under a lot yeah. of COVID protocols. But if I hear a little group of people laughing, I literally like I stand up like the little gopher in the hole in my cubicle. <laughs> and I'm like, Who, where, who's laughing? Why are they laughing? What's going on? And oh, my gosh. And I've been there long enough now that I can let my true freak flag f- fly. I just like walk over and I'm like, well, it's funny, you know? <laughs> Why well, are y'all laughing what's about going on? Not always, not always. But if it's people that I know that I feel like I can walk over and be like, oh, they're talking, they're laughing. I got to have to go figure out what it is. So it's always in people laughing. I had to say, my mom had this funny laugh that she would do. And I can hear it in myself every once in a while when she would get so tickled that she would peak. And so this is a sound that I remember from my childhood too. I'm like, I probably would always love other people laughing. But I remember being a kid. And if we would have a group of people over, lots of times my parents, this is really old school, you guys, but my parents would listen to comedy routines on a record when people would come over, Mm -hmm. especially God bless us all, Bill Cosby, like his one Mm -hmm. with the women giving birth and the chocolate cake. Like Uh a lot of people have heard these routines. We had that too. Yes. Uh And sometimes they would put us to bed before like the adults would sit around and listen to it. But I could hear through the floor, the laughter. And then my mom, because her laughter was so distinctive, once she would get worked up to it, she would go, She couldn't control it. And I mean, if you were laughing before that, you were crying at that point. Uh People who knew my mom, she's a pastor's wife, you know, they might have known her for 15 years. And all of a sudden she's doing that laugh. People would just like be crying and falling out of their chairs like they were being slain in the spirit. It was (laughs) hysterical. So I love that sound. I love it when people are really truly themselves. I feel like laughter is one of those times when we're in the moment, you know, we're like in the flow. Mm -hmm. And so we're outside of ourselves. We're all united in that moment. It's just the absolute oh, yes. best. So laughter is the thing that will always be the sound. I mean, that makes me laugh, but it's because yeah. it's so attractive to me. Yes. 
Oh, that's so true. So true. Rebecca, what about you? What's the sound that makes you laugh? Well, I wrote down other people laughing too, specifically like my kids and my husband. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I also wrote down an eight-year-old boy farts. (laughs) (laughs) What? That was unexpected, Rebecca. Tell us more. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was also not expecting that. (laughs) Okay. I mean... Sometimes they're funny, okay? Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they are very disgusting and unwarranted, unwanted. Right. Sometimes it is like, no. But other times, I mean, come on. They're just kind of funny. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, when I think back on times when maybe I have lost it a bit and had a hard time stopping laughing, I think about farts sometimes. They're funny, yep. okay? That's all yeah. I have to say about it. We don't need to drag the segment out any longer. This is a ba- an embarrassing confession. Don't tell my kids because I yell at them all the time. Yeah. But sometimes farts are funny. Well, and don't That's you true. think it's not just that sound. It's the kid's face when they're both yes, mildly that's... embarrassed and also very proud. <laughs> very proud. That's what I was going to say. Like a combo of, for me, Nico's too. And whenever he toots or burps, he thinks it is so funny. And it's like this new thing to him. And he will get that look, just like you said, Kelly, a little bit embarrassed, but also really proud of himself. I, I did that thing. Laughing. Yeah, exactly. I made that noise. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. For me, speaking of TikTok, as we often do, a sound that makes me laugh are TikToks, well, and also in real life, but I haven't seen this in real life in a long time, of cats when they're chirping at birds. <laughs> yes. Oh, what? Do you do you guys get a lot of, we get a lot of animal-based content, oh, yeah. especially Kyle and I. We are just like such suckers for kitties and doggies on TikTok. But that very specific like <laughs> that they do. Yeah. Yeah. When they're stalking a bird or they're watching one out the window. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm like in my mid forties <laughs> and there's something so hilarious to me about that. The other night, Kyle and I were laying in bed. He was watching a show. I was scrolling through TikTok and a specific cat chirping at a bird TikTok came on. I started laughing so hard. The bed was shaking and <laughs> I thought I was going to pee my pants. It was so funny. And I can't, of course, recreate the funniness of it, but... It always makes me laugh to hear cats chirping at birds. Have you ever had a cat like that does that? Yes, I did. Yeah, I had a cat all growing up. And then when Kyle and I first got married, we had cats. And all of the cats I've ever had do that or did that in some variation, some more extra and over the top than others. But I just think it's always so funny. The thing that I always wonder is, do big cats do that? Does a lion out in the wild before it like goes over after an antelope is like, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) it's like a chatter. It's like a chatter sound. Yes. Yeah, Um, it is. I'll have to look that up. I'll go look it up on Google. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a goog. I say that so much that my twins have started (laughs) telling me, mom, just give it a goog if they don't know the answer to something. (laughs) Okay. Next question is... Do you like your name? Do you like your name? Rebecca, do you like your name? I do like my name. Now, here's something, though. So my name is Rebecca. The instant abbreviation that everybody gives it is Becky. And I have never been a fan of Becky. I don't know why. This is not diss on any Beckys out there. Becky's like a fine Sure, of course. It just has never felt like a nickname that I wanted to Mm -hmm. have for myself. But I do really love Rebecca. My first name 
most popularly is spelled R E B E C C A. Mm-hmm. And right, right, right. My dad picked the spelling R E B E K A H, which is the way that it is spelled in the Bible. And mm-hmm. so often people will say to me, Oh, I've never seen it spelled like that way before. And depending on how sassy I'm feeling, <laughs> I sometimes have replied with, Oh, really? Well, that's the way it's spelled in the Bible. <laughs> You'd be like, Oh, I, I see that you've never been to church. <laughs> my name. Something that has always been interesting to me, though, is that my name previously was Rebecca Miller, which was incredibly popular, so popular of a name, in fact, that my best friend, my freshman year of college, her name was also Rebecca Miller. (gasps) Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. So there are websites that you can look up, like how many people have your name in the United States. Oh, And I did not know that. If you combine the two different ways that you can spell Rebecca, there are over 3,100 Rebecca Millers in the United States. Mm -hmm. But then I got married and now my last name is Hoffer. And there is only one Rebecca Hoffer spelled my way and 16 spelled the other way. I literally Uh went from the sixth most popular last name to number 5,000 something. There's just not that many Hoffers. And so I'm pleased. I liked Rebecca (laughs) Miller and I like the uniqueness now of Rebecca Hoffer. I like it a lot. You are Rebecca Hoffer, very singular, very (laughs) unique. That's right. The only, the one, the only. The one and only. The one and only. (laughs) Love it. Kelly, what about you? You like your name? I do like my name. I Kind of like, Rebecca, when you said that about having a nickname that is not your favorite form, I would say that's the only kind of complaint that I've always said is Kelly doesn't lend itself well to nicknames. And I very much get and affirm that when you have close friends, people want to shorten your name. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't lend itself well to that. So people will call me Kel, but do you spell that K-E-L? Do you spell it K-E-L-L, which looks like kill? Right. So <laughs> people want to shorten it. It doesn't do well with that. But I do like Kelly. My parents told me that the other name that they were considering when I was born was Holly. So I hmm. like Kelly a lot better than Holly, maybe just because I've lived with it. So then sure, it feels yeah. familiar to me. I also totally. like kind of like what you said, Rebecca. It's a name that is not unfamiliar to people, except for maybe how it's spelled. People will ask me what's the spelling because there's so many ways mm-hmm. that people will spell Kelly. But it's easy for people to recognize, but it's not the most common name of its era. Mm -hmm. And when I was young and where I lived at the time, which was Southern Ohio, Northern Kentucky, all of the Kellys that I knew as a kid were boys. And I do think it's one of those names that has shifted right before my generation. Mm -hmm. I think in the early 1900s, Kelly was more often a boy's name and now it's almost exclusively a girl's name. But yeah, I like it. I just wish that there was an easy nickname. Otherwise, I end up with all these weird nicknames, as we've discussed before. People at work will call me the Commish because of Commissioner Gordon from Batman. (laughs) I would not have gotten that if you did not explain it. I still don't get it. (laughs) Commissioner Gordon, yes, from the Commissioner who would light the bat signal in Batman. So people were like, Gordon. Yeah. Certainly, I think everybody, if they take on a different name when they got married... It takes a while to grow into that, to feeling like that's your name. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, I'm there. I mean, we've been married for 27 years, so yeah. I'm there. But yeah. I do think that I like nicknames. 
which is, yeah. is kind of funny. Even my kids, I didn't give them names that Connor and Natalie are the two oldest and Nat. I don't know. I yeah. call her Natster. Mm-hmm. People ever yeah. call you Kelly Belly? No. When I was young, though, we had a next door neighbor when we lived in Dallas who his little sister's name was Kelly. And so he made a very eloquent poem that said, Kelly Belly, big, fat, smelly, smeared with rotten jelly. Oh, OK, good. A little long yes. for a nickname, though. That's <laughs> classic American literature right there. And I think I've said this story before on the podcast because it is one of the favorite. But when I worked in a restaurant in high school, one time the cooks, I think they had partaken in something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they were trying to rhyme all of the food servers' names because they thought that was super funny at the time. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah. smelly Kelly. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that does rhyme. And they shortened it to stinky. And they called me stinky for two years. And I responded to it as if it was my actual nickname. It is both a confession and a horror. <laughs> You were like so desperate for a nickname that you're like, all right, I exactly. guess Stinky's my nickname. I guess this is it. This is the best I get because my name is Kelly. It can't be shortened. Stinky it is. Oh, that makes me sad. But Megan yeah. was your old name. Well, that's, yeah. And now. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, talk about your name. Speaking of nicknames and shortening your name, that was weird when you said Megan just now. Yeah. I don't really hear that. Now, my parents do still call me Megan, and I don't expect that that will ever change. But most everybody in my life has fully converted to when I shortened my name a few years ago and started going by Meg. Now, I actually do love the name Megan. And when I was a kid, it was pretty uncommon still. I knew a few other Megans when I was growing up. But just a few, it's become wildly popular since then. But I do like the shortening aspect of it. I do like going by Meg. It's really funny whenever I answer the phone and someone asks for Megan, then I know it's probably a business call or doctor's office, somebody that doesn't actually know me. So that's kind of a nice delineation. If someone calls me or asks for Meg, then I know that they actually know me. So that's been fun. I've always loved my name. I think that it has a beautiful meaning It's derived from Margaret, which ended up being my saint name when I was confirmed when we became Catholic. And I like all of the derivatives of, well, most of the derivatives of Margaret, like Maggie. Does Kyle still call you Maggie? Yeah, he does. That's his main nickname for me when we're just family time. I remember when you told me that, I felt so betrayed. I felt like, wait, I don't know this side of Meg at all. (laughs) It's, It's like a completely different name. And you answered to this on the regular and I didn't know this. I was like, this is a reality that I am not aware exists in the world. (laughs) I was so caught I know. That's so funny to me because that name actually goes back to my college days. One of my Kai Omega Pledge sisters started calling me Maggie. So she was calling me that before Kyle Mm -hmm. and I even met and started dating. And so it's always been very natural for him. And then it was like the perfect tie-in when that was my saint name. But yeah, that's just always been very, just within the family nickname. And we definitely do with all of our kids. All of them have various random nicknames. We're a very nicknamey family around here for sure. So, all right. Well, those were some really fun questions. We have even more to get to, and we will be asking some more questions and sharing some more answers when we come right back. Okay, friends, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam that's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. 
Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, and especially those ones you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies do like to make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to help you cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. You guys, I am genuinely obsessed with Truebill. Not only did they help me find and clean up and clean out those subscriptions that I had forgotten I had signed up for, they also send me alerts almost every single week to let me know if there was a big transaction that went through to give me a spending report from the week. I am feeling so on top of our financial health right now, and it's all because of Truebill. Truebill has helped over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com awesome. Go right now, Truebill.com awesome. It could save you thousands a year truebill.com slash awesome. Okay, we are back. This next question is a little bit more serious. Might kind of just be a little bit more introspective for us to answer. And for you, awesomes, as you're listening, be thinking about too, who do you miss right now? Kelly, who is someone that you miss right now? Well, as we are recording right now, I am missing my oldest daughter, Natalie, because if yeah. you follow me on Instagram, you may know that at this moment that we're recording, she is not even in the state of Minnesota. She has flown to visit a friend in New Hampshire. So it just yeah. goes along with kind of like what I was saying before. This is weird, you guys. This is the first time any of my kids has left home, trying to think, ever like this on their own, except to go on like a youth group retreat or yeah, something sure. like that. But on mm -hmm. no group with no other friends, yeah. she flew to do something that she wanted to do and has made that decision. She's 20, so it's certainly time. It's just really weird because my kids, partly because of the pandemic, partly because of their own choices, they're not going to college. So they haven't left like this. So I'm entering this new stage and trying really hard to both have a sense of peace and acceptance about it. And also, I don't like it that my kids are not going to be under my roof forever and that I'm not going to just be here. So it's like those, I have friends who have dropped kids off at college somewhere else, and it just wrecks me to think about mm -hmm. just driving away and thinking I wouldn't see them again for four months till they come home, even though like I did that, you know what I mean? Like it's, I didn't go far away from home to go to college, but it's such a normal part of growing up. But as a parent looking at it, it's mm. totally different. I know. So I haven't had to do that so far since they haven't decided to go to college right now. So this is our first experience of having a kid just say, hey, I'm going to go do something. I'll be back in a week. And you're like, right. All right. Now, yeah, I can text her. This is a totally different world. So I did say, yeah. I will say this. This is what makes it a little bit easier, especially as we have kids that are come and go for years, right? I think that's normal at this stage of time is that kids grow up and they don't just leave. They come, they go because of college maybe or even like they graduate from college, they move back home because of the job market, because of the cost of living and things like that. But also even where she is, we're texting. She's sending me yeah. photos. This morning, I was locating her via our Apple phones that we can do. And I was like, you know, there's a Starbucks a mile and a half down if you need coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's so much more that we can stay involved. Maybe they don't right. always want it. She was fine. But I was like, it does help with that missing 
that there's still something. It's just that I'm starting to recognize that in the not so distant future, the point of this parenting gig is for our kids to leave. And I don't know that I signed on for that. Yeah, I know. I know. After Daisy was on sort of awesome recently, a number of awesomes kind of reached out and DM'd and said, she's a junior. She's like going to be leaving soon. Are you getting so sad? I'm in denial because she does want to go to college, but the one she has her heart set on is literally down the street from us, literally right here in Oklahoma City. So I'm like, no, I'm not worried. It's all going to work out because inwardly I'm like, she's not really leaving. So (laughs) I'm in absolute avoidance mode about that. So I have lived in denial for many years. So it's just these little tiny sneak peeks that make me go, oh, this could actually happen. At some point, I guess they're actually going to leave. And- yeah. I've been lucky that they haven't, but yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like missing her and also missing the easier days when they were just here and it was easier for me again, yes. like a recognition yeah. that things change. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, who are you missing right now? Well, I would say that I am most missing just friends. I'm just missing my friends. Mm. I feel yeah. like there's been a big shift in how people are getting together since the pandemic started. I'm just not seeing my people quite on the same regular schedule that I was before. We're not meeting for a small group with church. Mm-hmm. I am not seeing people at the mom's group at my church. We used to have these regularly scheduled girls nights that just we kind of got out of sync and it just hasn't quite gotten back like how it was before. And it's not necessarily that there is major heartbreak there or anything, but it's just this we've kind of gotten out of sync with each other, with our schedules, with figuring out the rhythms and the routines of life, Mm -hmm. especially throwing in the pandemic and all of that. So I just miss my friends. I just miss my people. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. And I know so many people are relating to that so much. And gosh, I know we are so ready to find some thread of what it's like to be together again. So hopefully soon. Someone I miss right now and have been missing a lot in the past couple of years is my grandmother. She passed away in 2009, I want to say. So it's not like she passed away recently. But I've been noticing this interesting thing about myself. It's like the older I get, the more I wish I still had her around to listen to her advice and her wisdom and hear her stories. It's kind of like a cruel trick of life that when we have our grandparents that we don't like for so young, we don't really appreciate. Well, maybe we do, especially if we have great grandparents who are very nurturing and loving. But in terms of like hearing their stories and just seeing the world through their eyes and all of the wisdom they gained in their life. I don't know. I feel like I appreciate all of that so much now in my mid forties. And so I think of her often and miss her a lot. Mm. She was a really, really great grandmother. So that's who I've been missing. Let's switch gears. Something a little bit more lighthearted. The next question is what song do you know by heart? Rebecca, any songs that you happen to know by heart? I'm just curious. <laughs> okay, two songs like immediately came to my mind, and they're very different. The first one okay. was I Swear by All For One. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, that song came out in 1994, and I was in uh-huh. sixth grade. And I feel like the entire sixth grade class 
collectively as a whole made it our mission to memorize and sing this song from the top of our lungs every time oh it came on the radio. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. I thought that of that song and I was like, well, Rebecca, sixth grade, you were 12. Do you literally still remember the song? And so I pulled it up on YouTube and guess what? I sang along perfectly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Of course. Of course. Those songs that we memorized when we were kids, and sometimes we look back and we're like, those lyrics are inappropriate. <laughs> but yes, they just come right back to you every time. There was that something so powerful what? about that song. It just really like it had a grasp on my sixth grade class for sure. <laughs> but then yeah. the second song that came to mind is I am a C, I am a C-H. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-C-I-N-C-I-N. And I will, what? Meg looks like she's confused. Well, my brain, I, my brain is short circuiting. I know that song, but then also that was a Chi Omega Rush song. Oh, no. So we would sing, I am a C, I am a C-H, I am a C-H-I-O-M-E-G-A girl. I have C-H-I Omega in my H-E-R-T and I have H-A-P-P-Y to be in this sorority. That is like sacrilegious. Oh my so then I was like the confusion on my face was like no how does the real version go I was like trying to pull it up in my mind I mean I don't remember all those like classic <laughs> yeah. classic old school Sunday school songs Father Abraham you know like they're all oh, yeah. super ingrained in my little Mennonite girl brain yeah. except the confession that I have is that I've never been good at spelling and every single time that I get to the end of that song, I always just kind of said it like really fast and hope that I got it right. And even as I was practicing this song, I'm like, well, I know the song. I have the song memorized, right? And I was like, I am a C, I am a C-H, I am a C-H-R-I-S-C-I-N, and I have H-E-A-R, wait, wait, how is it? And I have C-H-R, wait, now I forgot. No, you're right. I have C-H-R-I-S-T, yeah, my H-A-R-T. and I will It's like that. It's like, I don't even quite know if I'm saying it right. I am a C. I'm just like, I still, to this day, you could ask me to spell live eternally, and I think I would probably get it wrong, even though I have the song like kind of memorized. It's like, instead of the actual letter. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. For all those who like did not grow up in the church in the 90s, you're so confused right now. This is a Bible song about being a Christian and yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, it was a moment in time. Yes, it was a moment in time <laughs> for sure. Oh, my goodness. Kelly, what songs or songs do you know by heart? Songs. It's going to have to be plural, but I'm not going to sing them all or anything. It would be every song on Paula Abdul's Forever Your Girl album oh my gosh yes so here's yes. the thing you guys it was this month in 1989 that forever your girl was at the top of the charts and i listened to that on repeat i had it on tape on cassette tape because that's how old i am one side turn it over next side turn it over next side turn it over it just played continually it had hits like i mean of course forever your girl which was the title song yeah straight up which is still one of my all-time favorite songs. If it comes on, we have an 80s station and my kids favorited that song for me <laughs> so that we get notified if it comes on the radio, they can go over and they'll allow me to listen to that song. <laughs> They're like, you can listen to this before we go back to today's hits. <laughs> Opposites Attract. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I had forgotten about this. I actually just learned that this week is that, do you remember if the video version of Opposites Attract they added in from the song MC Cat. 
It yes, was like that's Scat right. Cat. It was mm-hmm. a cartoon cat dances with yeah. Paula and is like hanging out with Paula. It was yeah. a little weird, but also a moment in time. And I found out that the guy who actually did that rap is the music director at the radio station that is in our building. And Minnesota Public what? Radio. Yes. What? Yes. So I was like, I'm going to have to go find that's my crazy. CD and see if he'll autograph it or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. I can picture that video in my mind perfectly right now. Yes. Well, and it's kind of like what Rebecca said. You would think, I haven't listened to this music in forever, but if the song comes on, every single lyric to every Mm -hmm. single song is Mm -hmm. buried so deep in my brain that if I grow to be a very old person, I will not remember my address, but I will still be able to sing (laughs) straight up if they put it on the radio, which is really funny to think about that someday they're going to be playing 80s music in the old people's homes. Like, oh, this will make the old people happy. Let's play I Swear. All the old people will be like, I swear. Have you thought about that? It's awful. It's really awful. So maybe don't think about it, but it will be a thing at some point. Like big band music now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I hadn't made quite that connection. I still have my feelings hurt that 80s and 90s music are on oldie stations (laughs) on the radio. I had not thought about in the rest home, just turning on that 80s and 90s goodness. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Well, speaking of that, for me, what song do you know by heart? I'm like all of them. I just, (laughs) I listen to music all the time. I just get obsessed with songs and I totally memorize them. I also, I was like, well, maybe I can narrow it down to like all of the songs from the 90s. (laughs) I know all of that by heart for sure. Kelly, since you mentioned an album, I'm going to follow your lead and say to this day, I know, I know every song and lyric from Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill album, which came out in 1995. And that was right before I went to school. And I thought it was so edgy. And like, oh, so yeah. bad girl listening to that album because I grew up listening to all Christian music for the most part. Not all. I mean, we listened to some pop, but my parents would not have approved of the Jagged Little Pill album. And that talk about play on repeat. I had a little boombox stereo in my dorm room and my roommate and I would just listen to that just the whole thing over and over and over. So I know I still know all of those songs. It was a great album. It's a great album. All right. Last question. And this is kind of great because we're heading into, again, holiday season's coming up. It's right around the corner. Let's talk about gifts. What is a great gift? Not the best, but just like what's a great gift that you've been given? Kelly, how about you? I've talked about this before on the podcast, but absolutely deserves the title. My hammock, which is in a stand in the backyard that my family, my kids and husband gave me for Mother's Day one year, is something that, I mean, in the nicer weather... And certainly still in the fall, I will pull it out. I keep it underneath an overhang so it doesn't get wet with rain. But on the nice days, especially if you've had a hard day where I'm like, I just need half an hour (laughs) to pull that out and to lay in the sun, or if not even in the sun, just to listen to the leaves, just to listen to be in nature, to be still and silent. I try not to even take my Mm -hmm. phone where I like stick it underneath me. It has been a consistent joy giver. And I think... Partly because I know they gave it to me. They heard my, I wish I had more ways to be in the backyard. And they thought of me and it's really cute too. It gets red and yes. the stripes in it. I love the fact that since it's in this stand, I can roll it around my yard two places. Like if I'm cold, I can roll it into the sun, but it refreshes me. And so I mm. never fail to lay in it that I'm not also thankful that this was a gift that was given to me. 
it still yes. hasn't gotten to that point where you're like, you don't think about it. Just like, well, this is right. just something that's here. I'm like, yes. I sit in it and I'm like, oh, I love this thing. And I'm so thankful for the people who gave it to me. I love that. And I think that's such the sign of a great mm-hmm. gift is that you feel really known when it's given to you and it continues to bring that person or those people to mind whenever you get to use it or whatever the thing is with it. So, oh, I love that. Rebecca, how about you? What's a great gift you've been given? Okay, so my gift has a little bit of a backstory that is probably familiar to several of the listeners, but I got married at my parents' house in their yard underneath this huge weeping willow tree. And as a child, I played under that weeping willow tree. The tree itself was very sentimental to me. I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for trees. So the tree itself was very sentimental. And then Nate and I getting married underneath it made it even more sentimental. Well, that tree was crazy years old, Mm. so Mm -hmm. old. And it got to the point where my parents needed to cut it down. And Mm. so they did cut it down. But my dad saved some wood from that tree. And this past Christmas, he gave me a tray, like a decorative tray made out of wood from Mm. the tree. And oh my gosh, he yes. made a plaque for it that we put on the bottom that says under the weeping willow and it's Rebecca and Nate and then our wedding anniversary date. And it sits on my dining room table and it just kind of holds little things that you need on your table, like the napkins, the salt and pepper. Yeah, I have a little plant in it. It's really sweet. It just means so much to me. And I don't know what I'm going to continue to use it for. Like I might change what I use it for throughout the years. But I just yeah. love the fact that I have this little piece of that sacred space yeah. and that sacred tree that I can carry with me, even though it's no longer actually there at my parents' house. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, it's so nice because instead of it just being a memory or something that you only see every now and again when you're at your parents' house, like you have it there. Oh, I love that. That That is so, so cool. A great gift that was given to me. I think I have talked about this on Sorta Awesome, but I honestly can't remember. So I'm going to say again, was actually given to me by an awesome by my dear friend, Julie, who is a Sorta Awesome regular now Julie Tupperman, she, in the before times <laughs> for the pandemic, a big part of her job was traveling back and forth between the U.S. and Canada and Israel. And she spent a lot of time in Jerusalem for her job, for her work. And so on one of her trips over there, after we became Catholic, she picked up for me a rosary from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, which is where the tradition tells us that is where Christ's tomb was. It's this really important, holy, sacred site in Jerusalem. And they have these rosaries that you can buy there, sets of rosary beads that are wooden, and they've been supposedly laying on the stone slab in Christ's tomb. So Mm. this really beautiful, meaningful gift that she was just like, she was in Jerusalem and just thought, I bet Meg would like that. And so she picked that up and sent it my way. And And it is one of those gifts that obviously made me feel very seen and very known when she gave it to me. And now every time I pray with that rosary, I think of my dear friend, Julie. So that's really neat. Yes, I love that so much. All right. Well, these were really fun questions and great conversations. Obviously, we had a lot of words about our answers. We definitely want to hear from you. Awesome. So we are going to be asking these questions on social media 
so that you can share some of your life stories and some of your things, some of your answers to these questions with us. I can't wait to hear more from you all. In the meantime, Rebecca, if people want to find you, remind people where we can find you all around the web. My website is simplyrebecca.com. And then my favorite place to hang out on social media is on Instagram at simplyrebecca. Okay. And Kelly, how about you? Yeah, my website is Kelly Gordon MN from Minnesota. And I am on Instagram and Twitter, different places. Instagram is like more personal. Twitter is more for work. But if you like want to geek out with me over there, both are at Kelly Gordon MN. Awesome. Well, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find Sorta Awesome just by searching Sorta Awesome, no matter what platform you're on. We would love to have you join our online communities. And like I said, very much looking forward to follow-up conversation with you guys on social media this week. So Awesome, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.